Jesse Blake. Let's go! Episode 5. Did you know they lost? I, somebody spoiled it. I think actually you just spoiled it. Had no idea. Oh, sorry, sorry. Jesse, can you... Can you... Can it Re- reset everything? Just, yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Reset it. I'm All not right. Doing that. He's not doing that. I'm not doing it's that. It's AONFR5. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Is that how it ended? That's the, re- the title. The remix. Aw, oh, damn. <laughs> oh. Listen, it, you know, because we're Leaf fans and we're suckers for punishment, we felt like this episode was going to be, and I, as I said at the beginning of the last episode, this is the episode where you cringe, right? And not cringe because... Honestly, the thing I'm cringing more about is is the Tavares thing, and yes. the Tavares head injury is the thing that I was least looking forward to on this. And you know, it's interesting because when they start the episode here, they talk about the family aspect of what John Tavares is. Because really, to this point, they've developed Willie and Mitch and Austin and Sheldon and Brendan and Jack. Jack. And- they did do Tavares early when they had him talking with. John Tavares, the lacrosse oh, player, his, his uncle. Yeah, yeah. 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 Who's they, the that, player? I think that was the first episode, Good. right? And the best yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my and, a lot of people don't know that. And yeah. uh, and like very Vin Diesel family, right? You know, <laughs> very much. And I, and, but no, no. Let's do a Fast Nine reaction. But John, that's what this team was missing. And and you know, I think I think that you know that is Tavares, right? He's a he's. Somewhat of a soft-spoken guy. He's an extremely soft, soft-spoken guy. Yeah. Leads by example mm-hmm. and is genuinely, like, comfortably a family guy. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how he is. When, when he speaks up, which you only really see once uh, in this entire documentary, it means something because of its rarity. And let me also say that when he does speak up, I've never heard that many F-words mixed in. <laughs> Fucking goal! It's fucking mean something. Fucking do it! Fucking like yeah, it was sometimes like, you forget he played in the OHL. Yeah, <laughs> really, that is yes. a, that's Adam. That's what we call a major junior dialect. Right. That's uh, that's very. And funny. he says yes. the f word so fast you barely even make it out. Like it's it's almost like uh, do you remember the the, the Family Guy where they're like uh, they're like you can't understand the first you can only understand the last three words of what Sting says in the song, right? <laughs> it's almost like it, it, he speaks so fast. Tavar speaks so fast on the f part bombs that you sort of know he's saying it but mostly you're getting that last part which is let's make a game of this let's go for it let's work you know Mm -hmm. all the things that are really important and it's cool to see him with his kid and um with his wife and 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 you know the the side of it that you never see right people people gave him a really hard time and i think with a contract like that you're gonna get it right and you're gonna get it but but he to me has always lived up to that deal i'll defend him until he doesn't yeah. You, you know what I mean? I, 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 for the first three years, I haven't seen anything where I'm like, yeah, no, he's not worth it. He's right. completely worth it. He's gone through slumps. He even struggled at times last season, and the team really needed him. And he, when did he ever not follow that up with coming through? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When did he ever – like I think back to uh, 2019, Game 7 against the Bruins, one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever seen in a Game 7. He's the only guy who scored. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he's – that's, that's – uh, He's he's been absolutely worth it, and we all believe that if he was on the ice for this uh, the Montreal series, they would have won. Yeah, I it's it, like it sounds disrespectful to the Habs, but like it would have been over. Yeah, and and in four, yeah. like I don't well, even know if they get game one. Like, well, yeah, and I uh, and, and and the thing is, is that the absence of John Tavares 
shows you how important John Tavares is. Yes. And we could get to that in a moment, but I also think, you know, let's highlight the fact that at the beginning, you know, we were talking a little bit about Keith talking to Spezza last episode when he talked to him in the first episode of, you know, pass relay information to the younger players. The first guy Keith goes to is John Tavares. Of course, because he's the captain mm-hmm. and he deserves to be, right? Like the, this isn't an accident. This isn't a, what, they didn't slap it onto him because he was awesome in that bed commercial. You know, they, they, they slapped it on him because he's a leader. Um, and what, one thing, uh, getting away from Tavares for a second, just before we get to the games, cause I know we're going to have to get to the injury. The tease at the beginning of the episode is so damn good. And one thing, uh, Will Arnett, Which one? tell me the, just, they, they set up the, what we're in for entire disaster. <laughs> you, you know, what's coming, uh, the, the context of it. Maybe changes if you don't know that. Or of course it changes if you don't know that. But um, uh, Will Arnett, uh, who I'm going to assume wrote his own scripts, um, made a great point that morale in the city was awful. It was at an all-time low in the history of life. I remember (laughs) everyone was sad about everything. And the Leafs were the bright spot. The Leafs were mm-hmm. <laughs> for a very fleeting moment in time, Adam. Yes, the Toronto was something. the it was the last place on North America in North America that was locked down. But it's you know towards the end of spring, mm-hmm. the weather's getting nice. Numbers are going down. Vaccinations Numbers are, are going, going up. down. Vaccinations are skyrocketing because remember we were a little late to that game and yep. then they went woo, so people were desperate for them. Um, we're, we're going to get some freedoms back and flexibility. And if you're a hockey fan, the playoffs are about to start. So they did a really good job setting the scene. There, there were a lot of things in this documentary. There were sort of outside of hockey that were great time capsules of the mood. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I was so head buried in the season that I kind of forgot how tough life was. Outside of covering the Leafs. Oh, yeah. Like everything, like it's, a lot of us had a very not fun I, I time. I think I buried it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think I buried it. I enjoyed this summer immensely and I buried it because I can't think about it. It was tough. I We, we got to move on. But it, I wonder if part of the reason, uh, you know, the, the backlash to this loss was so bad, b- besides the fact that it genuinely was, and we'll get into that, was all that optimism that we had built up after like a terrible spring Mm -hmm. just completely evaporated in one game right and so uh, before we sort of get it's interesting Mm -hmm. they tease this they get to to davaris and his family Mm -hmm. and then they do a little sideshow about players and their sticks (laughs) which i love and and like jason spencer talking about how uh, particular he is about a stick and with, with this big sander. Yeah. yeah, Amazon released the Jason Spezza laugh cut. Yes, you got all that footage. You didn't get him laughing once. I know. Release the laugh cut. The best laugh in the NHL, bar none. Release it. And and um and he's like talking about yeah you know when I was younger and the, all the sticks were wooden like this mattered a lot more now people just tape him up but he's still in there with a carbon fiber shaft yep. but I'm gonna shave it down anyway yep. damn it I don't care. And the, the, I bet the hockey stick makers, I was thinking, like, they're probably like, hey, don't do that. That actually <laughs> messes with the structural, yeah. like, it, it, can we just, we can, mold, we can mold you a different stick if you want. Okay there, Jason. 
cool. Didn't stop. I loved uh, Spezza's parents too. His mm. dad is such a big fan of his son. He'll like, never yeah. play for another team. For the rest of his life, he'll no. never play no. for another team. He's, what did he say? He had over um, he had over eleven hundred of Jason's hockey cards. Oh, how like, well, amazing! And then so when wholesome. he when he opens the closet, and he's like, "Here's all of Jason's jerseys uh-huh. that he's worn, and this Ottawa one's very special because that's when he went to the Stanley Cup." I was like, "That's I'm, that's everything you want out of a parent, you yeah. know? Just to I be so Mr. proud of your kid." I am Mister Spezza. If Leo ever makes the NHL and plays for Leafs, I am Mister Spezza. Well, gonna, I mean, your house is a shoot. shrine to your you're, kid. You're Mister yes. Spezza with James Reimer, anyway. So I'm, just, I'm very proud of him. Yeah, he was born two days after me, and I'm very proud of my son. Right. So, and he, he's Italian. Spencer. It's Yes. To break. That's that's what Spencer means in Italian. Is it really? Yes. Yeah. Okay, right. well, listen. So then, Now you know. So then, you know, we see, um, we see them kind of bring in the Stanley Cup with the pucks. Oh. And we'll come back to that. <laughs> so so the first things first obviously the Tavares incident happens yeah man and you do see it again and you see it and I think you need to see it in in the sense it's not you know uh, it's not gratuitous it's here's what happened yeah it's cuz that's that I'm sure was the thing in editing was the most painstaking oh and the, and you talk about you can't get this wrong Right, you have to get this right. Uh, you have to be respectful. It can't be gratuitous, like you said. And that was the scariest moment of the season yeah. for the team. And you have to show it. Oh yeah, it's and the season pivots on it. And they showed it at ice level, and they showed how the teammates reacted to it, and all this lore. Like these sort of things that you heard about it and his teammates having to talk him through this because he didn't know where he was and he was... And he was a little agitated. He was lashing out yeah. because, I mean, he had a brain injury. Like he didn't, he literally doesn't know what's going on. So he has to hear... And Simmons and Thornton, they handled that situation like pros. Yeah, like yeah. Those the leaders guys came are, through as leaders. Yeah, there's a reason that Dubas brings in people like that onto the team. Because yes. in those moments, like as rare as it happens, but that's why you have Thornton and Simmons on the ice. Yeah, that's that's just... And that's not really on them as players. Like that's just... That's human beings. People. That's human yeah. beings. Like you... Their reactions were those of people who have lived a lot of life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And... um. You know, they show Dubas running down the steps and everything. Call, you, trying to call his wife. Trying to call his wife. You do get a little bit of uh, audio of John. And, like, you, you're you hearing him yell. Uh, you you get a... It helped illustrate the chaos of the moment. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. honestly, the, the hardest part for me is him getting up on his knees and then falling backwards yes. and they have to catch him. That was tough. And, and I still don't really blame anyone for that oh no no I, i'm not saying that anybody needs to be blamed i just it's just a it's a heart-wrenching moment oh, it yeah. really and it brought me right back to my living room when i was watching it and going like you're just you as a leaf fan you are i'm getting goosebumps now talking about it Same. you're yeah. so sick to your stomach about this it's, it's one of the mm-hmm. hardest moments of my career uh, Oh, being live oh, for you, that shit. You're live streaming. That was right. Oh my god. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Fuck. Oh yeah. No, same. Same. And, and, <laughs> and then the way the way Felino handled it, like I oh. I don't understand 
if you could criticize him for fighting Perry in that moment. Well, because well, he literally, he legitimately didn't know. He didn't know. And also, he's he's a former captain. He yeah. knows how to handle a thing that happens on a hockey rink. And they you do know? say it on the ice. You know, They're like, he says he didn't mean it. He said he's sick to, sick to his yeah. stomach. But he's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Gotta, it do, it doesn't go. matter. Yeah. That's that's just what we need to do in this moment. We can talk about the problems with hockey culture. Right. But like, as it stands... Yeah, he did. He yeah. had to go. As it is right now. That's just And that's as the new guy with a back injury. Yeah. You know. Like, and when he's telling the ref, like, that's my captain. That's well, my captain on the ice. That's my captain. But also talking it. about uh, from our previous discussions about Thornton versus Ehlers mm -hmm. and trying to find his spot in the lineup. By now, Felino knows I'm not going to be. I cannot be the guy they got me to be. So, Until so, I'm gonna fight this guy, and then the next game, he's second line center. And the, oh, <laughs> right, forgot and this about is, that. This is what I say. We talk about John Tavares and the value of his team. Ugh. Look at what happened after. Look at what happened without. And you know the the then the pressure goes immediately to Marner and Matthews. And you know, listen, they 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 lose the first game. Nobody blames them for that. Nobody. Oh, we no. get it. It was tight. It and, was tight, and yeah. and and frankly, the fact that they continued playing after that is you. In retrospect, you go full hats. Hats yeah. off to the whole team yeah. that they both, continued both that games. Game. Like yeah. even the Canadians. Yeah, like credit to that, them. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And uh, like Paul Byron scoring the best goal of his career. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he could do that a hundred times. He'd never do it no. again. but but he oh. did it then. And oh. and so so then. You know, then, you know, you, you see the next three games and things are starting. The sun is starting to rise a little bit here. And this is where the Stanley Cup thing, you know, each each time they win, there's there's 16 puck holes in the in Christmas there. tree. Yeah, The Stanley Cup Christmas puck tree thing. <laughs> well, and who turns it all around? Because you forget you game two, Hab score first again, which oh, I yeah. forgot. I forgot that, too. Yeah. They score first. The, the 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 national treasure of a never go to another team, please, Jason Spezza. Yeah, like yeah. just and then they score five consecutive goals, yeah. and he's the first one to put a puck in the Christmas tree. Oh yeah, and you know as it keeps going, and what one thing that stood out to me, and this was game four, was this power play is really clicking, <laughs> and I thought. Oh. <laughs> Of all the things in this documentary, obviously beyond the the Tavares thing, of all the things that stung in a fan way, not in a human way, that stung me the hardest. Because I think, I want to say they had, I think their final two power play goals, Sandine had one, I don't remember which game. I think it was three. Mm -hmm. And then I remember he comes out of the lineup, mm -hmm. Dermot goes in for game four, and Thornton scored. Mm -hmm. right. And Muzzin has he the, the slap shot. Muzzin has the slap shot from the point that goes in straight in. That's on the power play as well, is oh, it not? And I remember. Oh, okay, okay, it's coming back to me. So that was the one where they just threw him in because yeah. it wasn't working. Yeah. And I remember praising that because sometimes you just do the stupid Neanderthal thing and blast it on net, and it worked. Muzzin is so good at that for this team that gets so fancy. He's so good at just being like, it's hockey. It's Straight not that complicated. Ahead. Bang. Yeah. Like, yep. Oh, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn and, damn it. and so this is where, you know, you see one puck go into the Stanley Cup tree. And then in celebration, you see a second puck go in the Stanley Cup tree and then celebration. And you see the third puck 
Golden State like after a four nothing win. And you think, and everybody said it. All of our friends said it. Eric Engel said it. Series over. Series is over. Galchenyuk has the game of his life. Mm-hmm. Game of his also, life. Also, oh. uh, sidebar with that, the uh, games two or three through six or whatever. Uh, the Bell Center visiting locker room. It looks like a high school yeah, locker room. Did you guys that? notice no, that? No, they all do. They all do. Oh They're all garbage. God. I was like, these are NHL players. Like, they don't even have a cubby hole. No, I see. I noticed that in the documentary too, but I was uh, the arena I noticed it in was Ottawa. The only room that's worse is Dubas's office. <laughs> Honestly. You if gotta I get one in per episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one in per episode. I was like, I'm looking at Justin Hall and he's sitting beside a wire crate. With his gloves on it, and I'm like, is I feel like I'm back in West Hill. Yeah, it was literally <laughs> from like Park Arena. Yeah. It was everybody just cramped together. The walls are the uh, the white concrete bricks that you have in yeah, every cinder high school cinder block in every high school locker room. That's the was, Leafs visit. And it's an and it's I've an C shaped thing because yeah. they've got to have socially distance. So Sheldon's like yelling around the corner. Yes. Uh, did you guys hear me? Okay, let's bring it up for the third. Period. And there's and there's lockers behind him yes. where he's trying to yell at the team. There's another oh, there's another bench area over there. That's like you keep your five star binders in those lockers. <laughs> and they brought in you know that they've the giant video board in the Leafs locker. Yes, they brought in the little 34 inch TV with the Leafs logo on it to show highlights. <laughs> oh, dude, I've uh, every visiting room in every building stinks. Like the, wow. the Leafs one shocked. isn't much better. Dude, uh, from when I was an intern, the Jays. It, oh, yeah. The difference between the visiting room and the Jays room, which you've seen this season, the they turned into a club. It's yeah. amazing. It's hilarious. So, like, I don't know. Was, what the hell are you going to – why are you making the visiting room nice? Right. I don't know. I, just thought, I thought there were some standards when you reached the NHL. Yeah, there are. It's that the home home team <laughs> locker room is nice. home, you're comfortable. And if you're not, you're not. Yeah. Uh, now, then we get into um, – then we get into game – Five. And no, Gal- we don't have to. Okay, here, cut it. Yeah, we, yeah I know. <laughs> and Galchenyuk, again, and they talk about this, how he had rehabbed his Oof. career. They talk about it in the he had turned his career around, and he's playing top-line minutes, and it's overtime, and had the game of his life giveaway that you never forget ever. That giveaway in game five is is one of those ones that is is it's so... It's anti-hockey, right? And no. you and you and they show it, and they show Galch's face, and you go, you feel terrible for him, but at the same time, you're like, but you every house league hockey coach tells yeah, you not to do that, don't but do you that. did it, and and dude, video games, the guys I play with yeah. have a policy of no D to D passes, and I know he wasn't D, but he was playing the points. He, he was point backhand. If yeah. anyone on our team in video games. Passes point to point and gives it away. We give them shit and never let them forget it for at least the rest of the night. Anytime they get the puck at the point, hey, you going to do that again? And he did that in overtime in game five after they had just erased a three-goal deficit. Oh. And then game six happens. Yeah. And they're getting – that's Marner bottle in it. Mm-hmm. The the puck over the glass. They score on the power play. But they erase the deficit again. And this is a key scene. And who is it again? God damn, Jason Spezza <laughs> and Zach Hyman. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we gotta talk about the highlight of the entire series. What? The meeting. Game six intermission. The speech. Well, 
if anyone thought it was Sheldon's fault, you got your answer. No. Oh. That Sheldon Keefe speech. Make a movie out of it. That, I, the, this is a, a five-episode oh. series. I need a full feature length Boy. on that one speech. Unbelievable. He tore the paint off the walls. And how did the players respond? They outshot the Habs 13 to 1. They answered. And then Dermot decides he's Booker T. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's focus, let's focus on he, the speech before we hop ahead. <laughs> I didn't I hadn't seen I hadn't seen the spin in three months. He decided that he was the five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion. Gives it right away. Can we can we do the speech first? Can we give Sheldon Keefe some cre- credit for the... Oh, did you write down quotes? No. Sorry, I, oh, I thought you were it done. Is, it uh, he, I concussed myself just he, now. He, I know, <laughs> I know he, he, he calls out Mitch. He goes, Mitch Himes... Uh, Matt, your line is your, your line is getting fucking dominated. Yes, is, yes. A, is that's a quote? That's a quote that I wrote down. Yes, I did have quotes. Um, that's that's the main. And quote scored I, one of the goals. And I, oh, yeah. and but, he still gave it to he, him. But he's right because he doesn't give a shit he's, about the result. He You're saw it. Every every detail of the just awful play the Leafs had, and then he got them to come out in overtime and, and play a completely different game than they had played in the sixty minutes beforehand. Like they it was, got it. They it was heard. unbelievable. One one thing we missed that I I made note of. So I've in previous podcasts I've talked about how Ilya Mikheyev had a chance to win in overtime in Game Six, mm-hmm. maybe two, in Game Five, ah, off a of William Nylander rebound. This, I swear to God, they play that series ninety nine more times. They win all of them. I yeah. and this documentary so, goes to the second round. I I I, I, did, I, you, I you don't know how out. you can watch. This documentary, I don't know how you can watch last season and cheer for this team and not think they're hunted. Speaking of which, you well, come well, out in OT as f- shots 14 to 1, 13 to 13 1, 13 to 1. And then, and then on then, shot number two, what did Dermot do? He, he's spinorama. Do, do your book of D. Five times. And then, and then, and then. <laughs> I hadn't seen the spin in three months and I forgot how bad it was. It's horrible. It's, yeah. it's I, I actually had fully, I'll be honest with you, seeing it, I was like, Oh, like I had fully pushed it out. Yeah, it's it was as bad. I, like, and Muzzin's it, out by this point, by the way. Yes, so for right. a little context. Yeah, so but things are a little out of whack, but they're clicking to holy shit. And and so, and then of course you know they don't win. And and then before <laughs> Game Seven, you see Marner and Dubis meet. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm trying to remember the order because there was what. What do we do first? Marner and Dubis meet. Or one of my new favorite members of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization, Paul McLean, who said they've got demon. Well, I think Martyr and Dubas meet, and then Paul McLean talks about great. The, the Let's demons. do that. So, so Martyr and Dubas meet, and and you could tell this is again good cop trying to build Mitch Marner up because he can tell that he's he's nervous, and and this goes back to the absence of John Tavares and the pressure that placed on Matthews and Martyr. Yeah. and you can tell me all day what these guys make. I get it. I know what they make. Okay. But but John Tavares not being there really messes with the plan. LeBron James makes a lot of money. He misses shots. Yeah. Like Well, and LeBron has lost. Yeah. When better play, like when when Kyrie Irving was wasn't in the lineup in Cleveland, LeBron they didn't win. Yep. And 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 so in this particular case, you could see the pressure that they're feeling. 
Marner especially. And you could see it during the game. You could see it when he put the puck over the glass. And that's why you would think Duba sat him down before game seven and said, calm down. Another example, by the way, of, of that's, I mean, the way we talked about Marner game six, seven, I'm like, did, are we overreaching here? Are we talking about something that we couldn't possibly know? No, man, Mm -hmm. that dude was nervous. And he didn't, he wasn't able to overcome the moment. It's not that it's not understandable that he was nervous, but you just said it right there. Not able to overcome the moment. And it's not that he didn't try. No. You definitely come away after the episode, and I guess we'll get to this. He, the the dude clearly cares. And this oh, clearly, no, nobody's questioning clearly that. clearly haunts him. Well, oh, nobody yeah. like, the brain's questioning the, that. His, right. response, his response to Dubis in that meeting is, I just want more for myself. That's kind of, that's the only line he really says back to Dubis after Dubis says, you're not yourself. And he's like, I just want more for myself. Because, that's not, that's, that's nothing. What right. does that mean? But his the expectations on his shoulder, like he feels the weight of of the Toronto Maple Leafs and everything that comes with that. Right. I right. That's more it and like and it the, got into his head. It seemed like one of those situations, to your point, Jesse, where the the history of the crest took over the focus on the game, mm-hmm. and you forget that it's hockey, and and then you turn it turns into Leaf hockey, and that's at the end of the day. If there was a way to go back and go, Mitch, this is just every other hockey game. That's a, got oh. a little bit of pressure. Yeah. And so so with that in mind, then it goes to Paul McLean. Who, so I forgot that dude was even in the organization. Yeah. And the, so his title is assistant coach, right? I, I think it's assistant coach. Yeah. Um, but he was never on the bench. He was the press box eye in the sky yes. guy. Yeah. But he was obviously around the team mm-hmm. because you talk about a guy. He has to be on the bench this year. He has to be. I he wonder. has to be. I wonder. I, like I'm sure. Assistant coach. Assistant yeah. coach. So I'm. I'm. You know, this is a former head coach from the NHL. Um, I believe has won playoff series. Um, and Jack Adams Award winner with the Senators. No way, really. Yeah, he won the Jack Adams <laughs> Award right, while coaching the. Ottawa Senators in 12-13. That was the Hamburglar oh. year, was it not? Mm, no. Uh, maybe it was. Oh. He won the Stanley Cup in uh, 2008 with Detroit as an assistant. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> Jack Adams, is, and he's got a cup. So, you talk about a guy with experience. Obviously, he won the Stanley Cup 13 years ago. He's been around for a long time. I'm sure he's good at design the sky job and maybe he doesn't need to be on the bench but you talk about a guy like one of the things that's given me comfort is this management group everyone who makes a decision is clearly they clearly understand the problem with the team they understand the weakness they understand all the issues and no one summarizes it more succinctly and beautifully than Paul McClain like just matter of fact so matter of fact demons out of the bed demons when they open the closet demons you know demons everywhere and like that, you know, forget who's playing top line left wing. Forget the fact that you lost Zach Hyman. Uh, forget the fact that Morgan Riley's contract is expired or expiring. Forget the fact that you have lost Frederick Anderson and you're now going into like this new era of goaltending with two guys who aren't really full time starters. Like, forget every other obstacle this team has in front of them. The demons are the issue. Mm-hmm. And they don't even get a chance to fight them 
until the spring? It brought me solace to know that they get it. Everything that we complain about on the show, the, uh, everything the fans say, they understand. Yep. They got it like, in January. Yeah. That from the beginning to the very end, they understood what was on really the line. really got it. Yeah. The thing is, is that like any flippancy that any of the players did show him, because he, you remember, he said, I get the vibe that, and he's talking to Spets, I get the vibe that they're not really happy with me right now. And he's like, you'd be correct. Listen, guys, he's been on this. Yeah, and, and so and, early in the season so they weren't happy with so him. You like, have to God. think, you have to think that this season and watching what we watched, you have to think going into next season, it's going to be a different conversation. It is, mm-hmm. and because they're going to be like, you know, Shelton's right, and and so so we've seen this, and then it goes to the game, and it shows us in the documentary what happens in the first two periods, and there are dead. The the Leafs. Yep. Uh, well, in the third period, they were better than but, I remember. But what I want to talk about is that intermission between the second and third period. So, in absence of Tavares, who right? Steps who's, up. who's clear? The th- Morgan, Morgan Riley, fucking Riley, and Jason fucking Spezza. Slap A's on the both of them. Riley's yeah. already got one. Yep, absolutely. And like, oh, and you could see Spezza going. We got twenty minutes, guys. It's yeah. our season. It's our season. And you see Matthews next to him going. <laughs> Like getting really jacked up, right? And they they come out and they do it. Like they kind of. Well, I shouldn't say they do it. They they get they they play their best hockey of the game in that period, and they get the one goal after it's already three nothing. But but they it's too late. It's Willie. It's way too late. They were well. I think they allowed an empty netter, and then Willie scores one with like under a hundred seconds to go, and it's. Exactly what Keith was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like it uh, from from game one of the season, incomplete games. Yeah. And who's the guy who scored? By the way, who's oh William, William the guy who's unaffected by goal. all of this? Yeah, who's who's the one you saw throughout the whole this whole playoff run? He wasn't in any of the montages of the guys being absolutely devastated and nervous. William Neilan. True, There's but love. but at the show end, show some love. This guy who, you know, oh, doesn't care. And he's aloof. <laughs> and he's their best forward. Apparently. Five and seven. I don't, think goals, he's, seven I don't think it's that he doesn't care. I think it's that it, he, it just doesn't get to him no, no, the same I'm, way. I'm no, saying what, and I'm yeah. agreeing with you, but I'm being literal about it. Um, I, uh, it's, oh. it's, I, I, uh, I think, again, another p- extremely powerful scene is they show in the montage. Everybody is undressed and gone. And Marner and Matthews are st- sitting there with all their gear on. Matthews has still got his jersey on. Marner's got his, at least managed to get his jersey off. He's in tears. And he's in tears. And you see him have to sit in front of that camera. It's horrible. It's horrible. And you know, I want to put it in context. We were tough on Mitch Marner's play. But the stuff we saw online And continue to oh. see. And continue to see. Boy. Like, listen, I was, I was upset with with the result he was upset with the result. we all we all said hey that wasn't acceptable and that and we just wanted more we all wanted more I, i'm not gonna wash my hands of that i i can be angry in the moment i 100 you know I mean? and but, in the the moment i'm going to count as like a week or two following right but then <laughs> right. after that i think you let it go and you go these are human beings mm-hmm. and i think the most human part of this documentary was watching those two and then watching mitch have to sit in front of that camera and answer the questions and and I, I alluded to it at the beginning of of the five episodes that we've done here 
you know, Sheldon Keefe having to do that when this, you know, when the senators, they melt down in the senators at the beginning of the season. And I think it's, it is one of those things where you, you realize the responsibility that these guys carry. And I'm glad we have that access because it does show as the fan, one of the things that fans get most upset about is when we feel disconnected from the players that we're cheering for. We feel like oh, they don't care. You guys are millionaires. You don't care. Yeah. You take your money. You go to Muskoka. You hang out. Oh, no, they care. They yeah. Care. Like, I get that you've had your Leaf season tickets since 1980 and you got every jersey since 1942. But the guy on the ice there who just let you down, he cares too. Like, he, he's yeah. devastated. This is life-crushing for him. Like, he he's devastated that he failed in the moment because he knows that there's so many people like you who also care for this team. And and they also showed Jack Campbell like bawling. Oh. oh. And and he faces the cameras too, oh. talking about allowing the worst goal of his life. Which wasn't the reason they lost. No. Well, no. But, but it I, wasn't great. No, like I said, I remember saying on the stream that can't go in. And it can't. Mm -hmm. But what a shame that he was the series he had that he was even put in that position. That series should have been over and done with long before Three games that. ago. And the first period of game uh, five was a piece of shit. And the first 50 minutes of game six were a piece of shit. And they came back in both of them and couldn't close. Because you didn't deserve to. Because the first period and then first 50 minutes were pieces of shit. He Sheldon, should have never been in a position to yeah. allow the worst goal of his life. Right. And and Sheldon Keefe said, uh, I think a couple episodes previous, you guys are playing with the edge, the end of your stick. You're swinging your stick out rather than getting right into it, right? It's that, yeah. it's that you're playing on your toes. You're not playing with your full force of your body. You're not running through people the way you should. And you're not locking these games down the way you should. And and it's the, it's the standing still versus moving thing in hockey. And so much of it's mental. But I, I, I do have to say the way they ended it too... Hopeful, but also scary. Because remember when they walk into that that whiteboard in Dubas's terrible office at the beginning of the thing, and they've got the whole thing lined up, and here's what everybody makes, and all the magnets are on the mm -hmm. board, and they show the shot of what forwards remain. The, he writes 21-22, meaning this season right here. He writes that on the top of the board, and, and the there forwards are there. Five guys under contract. The big four, Nylander, Tavares, Marner Matthews, and Ilya Mikheyev. The guys oh, who want to be traded. And what a way to go out. And I was like, oh my God, I hope they do a season two of this. Well, Amazon, you, you nailed the last season. Please like, do a season two of this. <laughs> so I was disappointed by something because I remember we talked about this and I would have done it differently. And But through these episodes that we've done, they they did do exactly what I wanted. They just did it in a different way. I wanted it to end with the hope of a new season. Give me a profile on Nick Ritchie. Give me a profile on, hey, Austin, you've had a summer to think about this. How's it going? But again, what was the theme? They had such a hard job of putting this together, knowing the way it ends. The theme was this group is not ready and we need to get them ready. The end of last season perfectly sets up the beginning of this one because 
it's unfinished business. And all the main players are still there. All the guys they focused on the most, all the guys who need to grow the most are still there. So it begs the question, the way it ends, is Dubas right to not be the reactionary one and keep the squad together? He's betting his career on it. Sometimes you have to. And that's, I said this to you guys in a previous podcast last week. You know, we talk about the highest paid players uh, on the Leafs. Both of them are under the age of 25. 24. He also really has no other option. Yeah. Because you, you don't sure trade somebody. You don't trade somebody at their lowest value. You can. You can. You can but that's but not, he's, Dubas is smarter than that. Yeah. His, his options are here are to double down. So this is the all or nothing year. Yes. This is which we didn't think it would be. <laughs> this is the all or nothing year. Yeah. And the, you know, Amazon accidentally came up with the perfect title mm-hmm. for the wrong reasons. They, hey, I'm not gonna make you show your work. <laughs> this isn't math class. You got there anyway. Perfect, perfect title for reasons I don't think they ever expected. I also, hope- Steve was in this episode as well. Oh, he was. Yeah, this was Hat your, Guy too. Your, your third. Oh yeah, Hat Guy made it. Did Hat Guy get a check for this? Hat Guy on Amazon Prime. No, no, I get those checks. Yeah. Oh, I get Hat Guy's Steve, checks. Steve gets to send Hat Guy to university, so Hat Guy can. Yeah. What? Well, Hat Guy needs a, lo- a better lawyer. I send him to the Hat Guy Walker. And <laughs> it, it runs around a field with other Hat Guys. And... So, in in conclusion, here I want that visual. Uh, tough way to end. We knew that was coming. And boy, does it present a challenge when they when you see that whiteboard as empty as it is. So I guess this is the all or nothing season. And this concludes our look at it. I don't know if they're going to do a season two. I would hope they would. But I, I, I imagine that that's probably, probably not in the cards. But holy smokes, would that be so cool. I would love to see this end well. If there was a season two, what would you call it? Would it just be all or nothing episode six yes right or would it because all or nothing two sounds ridiculous well and i don't even think you need to start all or nothing the second season anywhere it's other a continuation than, well yeah you don't need to do the regular season though. start the playoffs <laughs> because really what matters this year right. other than that it was the best from a storytelling perspective because it there were the fewest games yeah involved and what matters is growth yeah yeah growth well, but what i mean is like pick it up at the next time that because really what's the regular season going to tell you not much you, you get to know the players a little bit but like other than that i don't know man i i See, i'm just dying for another another uh i would love another series of this i think what this documentary taught us is that the regular season did actually teach us everything yeah mm-hmm. it taught us that the results of the regular season don't matter which was the message the entire time. Oh. And they got it the whole time. The results don't matter, but the work does. Right. The management. The way you play does. Coaching, they understood the assignment the whole damn time. Makes them look good. We're very much over time here. Okay, all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Okay. Oh, oh, well, time to do friggin' Booker T spin a Rooney and give <laughs> yeah, it away then. No, let's, let's circle this a little more, do a couple more spin around. All right, all right. Well, listen, uh, uh, it, we want to thank you so much for listening because 
you know, this has been a deep dive into what was a, a tough end to a great season. And, uh, and we love the fact that there's a lot of content coming out from us this week. We appreciate the fact that you're listening to it all and watching it all. And uh, season starts in, in like a week, week yeah. and a half. Do you feel better? I feel better. I feel a little bit closer. Jesse? Yeah. I feel better that this is wrapping. No, okay. Fine. Yeah, I don't know, because I've been trying to do that All for right, like 10 minutes wrap here. Wrap it up, then. <laughs> Jesse wants this to be done. I, I want to go back to episode one. No! The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.